Good afternoon, good evening, good metal. My name's Coop and welcome to the Spoken Metal Show. How is everybody finding the kind of content coming a little bit sort of quicker and the kind of thing? I think the general feedback is is that people are liking it. I don't know if they'll be able to keep it up for it. It's exhausting, kind of. All the editing and stuff is crazy. I don't know anybody else out there in, in podcast land, but the, the editing and stuff and all that, plus like mine are always recorded really poorly, so I have to kind of figure out how to make them sound even passable. But it's uh, it's a lot of work. But you know what? It's 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 all in, uh, for a good sort of thing. It's all for leading to. It's all good work. It's stuff that I enjoy doing. I I simply wouldn't do this podcast if I didn't enjoy it, and I do. And talking to um, Pete and 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 Ian were just good conversations that just happened to be recorded. And um, the next couple of conversations are the same way. People I like and enjoy talking to, and think about something to say. And we discuss. I think interesting and re- relevant things. I hope you do too. And a, a lot, a lot of the feedback that I'm getting, the messages and stuff that I'm receiving, is exactly that. Is that you're enjoying this? You know, it's a difficult sort of time at the moment with the lockdown and not an awful lot of stuff out there going on. So it's uh, it, it, it's nice to kind of have you know, something to talk about and kind of still say excited for 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 music because music for me is is a huge part of dealing with. Every, every I I listen to an album, a couple of albums every single day, and music is a huge part of my life, and live music is a huge part of my life. I was only saying on 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 another podcast that um, I, it's very rare that I just a weekend doesn't go by I don't go see some bands. It's kind of part of what we do, so it's really weird when that gets taken away from us for a, hopefully a short short while. So without getting uh too bogged down and i don't want to mention the lockdown too much because in, in you know in a couple of years time when someone listens to this do not give a fuck about that like you know <laughs> so it'll kind of dates the podcast a little bit but so we'll just move straight on i sat down with uh craig ines and uh, craig's a great player and maybe he, he, i don't know if he realizes how good he is he's a very very good player indeed and um, met him a, a while back with some of the master classes that neil Mella did Hugely, just a super nice guy with a really interesting take on kind of on music and, and metal and guitar playing as well. So it was it was I've been chasing to kind of get him on the show for a while, and we cover everything. We cover kind of Hendrix and, uh, and the different viewpoints on Hendrix. We cover the big controversies over uh, people on YouTube doing kind of weird stuff with uh, guitar videos to kind of fake that they can play really well or or, or really you know or good. Um, and like I say, this is going to be a, a guitar, a guitar heavy podcast. It, it just is, and because Craig even plays guitar on these, on these sort of, uh, on this podcast at various points as well. So if you don't like guitar, it's probably maybe something that you will enjoy. But I would say, hang on, and I would say, listen to some of the particular thing about YouTube. And the particular thing about guitar players on YouTube, because I think there's an enormous amount of relevancy in in in, in kind of what we we go through on on a, on a much bigger level about why people do the, the things they do with that. We also talk about him. He's a guitar teacher, so we also talk about you know when you should get a guitar teacher, if you should be a guitar teacher, what the expectations are, and there'll probably be some people out there with sons, daughters, whatever, who are going to get them into guitar. And we're going, well, where do I start with the guitar teacher, and how much should it cost, and how long should it be, and what am I looking for, and we cover that too kind of a little bit of more information so don't be necessarily put off by the fact that we talk a lot of guitar but conversely if you love guitar this is just a kind of a massive sort of circle jerk of of of, of kind of 
you know, talking about guitar and Steve Vai and, and, and Satriani and all all those kind of crazy guys and, and, and that type of thing. And it's hugely enjoyable. I enjoyed this a lot. This is a long one. I think it's about an hour and a half, this one. And we could and will on the next couple of ones go, go really long. So as you'll have seen, I've been putting the schedule up of kind of what we're doing this week. We've already had Ian um, and, and from King Voodoo on there. That was fantastic. Really enjoyed that. And the, the, this was a massive spike in people listening to, to that show. So that's that's great. I'm very thankful for that. This is uh, uh, Craig's one. And then we've got Luke coming up and then the special surprise, which it's, it's just it's something, something really nice kind of as we go into the weekend. Something a little bit to, to look forward to. A tease, if you will, as Kevin Smith and Ralph Garn would say. I'm going to tease that a little bit. So the next one's going to be Luke, um, and I'll go into that when we kind of when we kind of I kind of get that sorted. But for today, this is my sit down with Craig Ines. Enjoy. So I'm with Craig uh, Ines. Uh, finally, we get to sit down with Craig because I've I talked to Craig a lot about various projects and, and bits and pieces that he's doing, and I always kind of uh, what do the uh, the youth call it? I always ghost his his, his videos that I see. Uh, Craig is a, a wonderful guitar player. He, 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 uh, he'll never admit this, but he is he's a really good guitar player. Some would say he's maybe even close to being a shredder. Um, I would, um, but he's also a very, uh, very, very talented guitar player amongst the guitar community. You will already know this guy. Some of you, other people out there, will not, and that's okay. That's kind of what this this podcast is about. It should probably come with a disclaimer, and the disclaimer is that we are going to talk indulgent guitar music. We're going to probably play some indulgent guitar music, and that's cool because that's what one of the things that kind of brought me and me and craig into the same sort of uh gravity of each other so without further ado thanks for coming on the show craig i really appreciate it mate ah uh, you're welcome mark thanks great speaking to you yeah and so i craig's quite an un- un- unassuming guy i mean if I, if I had the chops that craig did i would be my ego would be through the roof but <laughs> but craig is now you're the most unassuming guy but one of the things that craig does we talked to neil Meller a couple of uh shows ago about teaching guitar and that's one of the things that that, that craig does but before we get into that and beyond uh craig is armed for those that uh, well, obviously this is not a video this is an audio podcast for those that can't see craig is already armed with with guitar ready to go so we're gonna we're, we're definitely gonna get some playing out of him almost certainly uh, and it is gonna be straight up indulging guitar music and, and that's fine now, that isn't your thing that's okay, but uh, I get the feeling that a lot of people listen to the show. This probably will be their thing. So I suppose the best kind of way I normally start is talk about the first music you hear, but it seems to me more prudent to talk to you about the first time you hear guitar. So when is that? When is that in your kind of world? Um, so are we talking about when I first started getting into guitar music or am I no, well, the first time you hear like yeah the guitar in any form be it a pop song or whatever it may be right so um it's a strange one with me because i was brought up on the the, the music that my mother listened to which is anything in the top 40 charts yeah um, which is quite dismal <laughs> in my well, it depends opinion. on yeah it depends on what time a ta- time in history it is though because I was talking yeah. uh, on another show about kind of like during like sort of certain periods, you could go on top of the pops and see good guitar players and, and, and see, yeah. you know, talented individuals as well as kind of less talented yeah, I was individuals. Kind of, yeah, see, I was after that. I think, well, I was born in 83, so by the time I was okay. listening um, proactively to these kinds of music was, mm. I'd say, about... 1991 now i know there was a lot out at the time like guns and roses and pale down in the barn and everything but oh, that yeah. just wasn't that wasn't what my parents listened to 
Right. Uh, you kind of got me dad on the UB40 side and okay. know, all that stuff. And then my mum was like kind of like Celine Dion and uh, okay. you know, all that really horrible pop music. So yeah, kind of, it just went through that. And um, what we used to do back in the day was we set a video recorder when we went out and just taped the box for like four hours or something. Yeah. And one time, um, November Rain came on. Oh, shit, okay. Most amazing revelation ever. I mean, I yeah. was playing guitar anyway. I was playing stuff like Oasis and, you know, the usual... Chord-based stuff, stuff and, yeah, 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 and busking stuff, like, yeah. if you will, yeah. Playing in bands like um, uh, Nirvana Tributes and we'd always do a few Pink Floyd covers. What was, the, what, was the Nirvana, what was the Nirvana tribute band called? I'm obsessed with uh, that band name. No, it was kind of like, it was called The Outsiders. Okay. But Paul was a Nirvana tribute band, because all we ever bloody played. Because <laughs> that's what you knew. You were in a yeah. tribute band by, by the songs you knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it was, but um, <laughs> we did a few other little, little bits, but um, that was kind of like everyone was into indie at the time, because it was a massive scene at the time, you know. Yeah. yeah isn't it funny, isn't it funny that, um, that, you're in you're playing nirvana songs when some argue that nirvana or kirk cobain and certainly this the, the grunge movement killed guitar players per se killed yeah. the whole scene you know it's interesting isn't it that you know people yeah. often go it killed guitar players it killed them completely but actually it didn't it just it just re sort of organized where they were focused on more you know exactly. still yeah, great players yeah it kind of shifted focus on what we were doing mm. um it didn't kill the guitar scene you know it, it it bred, I suppose you could say it bred new metal. I don't know yeah. that. I think, it, I think it possibly put the seeds there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's kind of, it led to that. And then in turn, when you look at it, new metal kind of led to other things such as um, uh, Avenged Sevenfold, which brought the guitar solos back into it. You know, that, mm. I'm not saying that was a direct result of that, but yeah. if you look at the timeline, you've got kind of like 80s metal, then you have yeah. it all calmed down a little bit maybe a bit of Jeff Buckley in between. Hmm. Um, and then we had new metal and then new metal, obviously. Yeah. That's, the, that's, like a, that's that. the thing. New metal gets the stamp that it, that there wasn't any sort of guitar sort of technical abilities to that. But if you look at someone like, you know, Wes Ball and he was like two finger tapping, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of crazy stuff, interesting techniques, you know, using baritone guitars, you know, someone like Jerry Cantrell, you know, wonderful player, you know, with almost a blues background, you know, and then, you look at, I was watching um, Les Claypool, Les Claypool from Primus, uh, back in, right in the midst of the whole kind of grunge thing, and he was still, he's an incredible player, you know, incredible yeah. player, it wasn't that it was bereft of players, uh, it's probably, like I say, misreported that that was the case, you know, so yeah, you were well, starting out with, with, with Nirvana kind of cover stuff, so did you get playing with other people very quickly then? Uh, I did actually, yeah, because there was a lot of that in, in my school at the time, so I had an older brother. Yeah. who played guitar as well um it was always a little bit ahead of me he started out on his hendrix and stuff mm. and um and we, we'll move past this point really quickly <laughs> don't listen to hendrix and i never have all right uh, you do. Yeah, let's, let's oh, okay, okay no no we're not, i'm not letting you off the hook with that so why why not hendrix because it's funny because there are some people out of metal there that like really don't like get him get how important he was with the you know the, the, yeah. the sort of movements of guitar and music obviously but, yeah. do, but just don't enjoy him, just don't listen to him. Yeah, and yeah, I, and I, I can't understand that. It's the same with me. I, like, even with, like, Paige, you know, mm. I, I, there, there are great Led Zeppelin songs that I, I, I listen sure. to. And I, I thought, um, with, with Hendrix and Paige and stuff, I don't recognise them as... Um, well, we'll knock Paige out with that. 
I don't know. Right, because I'm going to get a lot of flack for this one. Kendrick, <laughs> I always looked at him as a sloppy player. He was an innovator. Yeah, was, yeah, he's very. There was a loose to his looseness to his playing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't what I liked. I, mm. I, um, I preferred to to hear a live version of music. Yeah, pretty much. You know, I like it to be clean. I didn't like all that kind of. You know, all the noise and it, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Some people prefer, some people like that, don't they? They, they do. like that kind of yeah, swirl yeah. of noise and the, the feedback and stuff, you know? Yeah, and I just didn't kind of get onto it. And yeah. I think, you know, people say, I mean, he's a great player. I'm not going to deny mm. that. It's just yeah. kind of, it wasn't for me and it never has been. I've never really clicked with him. So, so you watch you watch November Rain and, and I'm sure yeah. everybody listening will be aware of that that video because it it's, it's a long song anyway. It's yeah. got multiple parts. Uh, it's a huge guitar solo, and the video is what was was one of the first ones that I imagine a lot of people will have seen, which totally accompanies with it. There's a story. It's almost it's a concept, if you will, mm-hmm. and it's got the whole thing. Slash jumps on top of the piano, and it's got that moment when Slash comes out of the tiny, tiny church into the middle, and it's it's it, is it Wayne Isham? Is Wayne Isham direct that video? I think he does, and it's all the, the air, air's blowing and stuff, and his hair's going everywhere. And, yeah. and he launches into that solo on that Les Paul. You know, that Les Paul is, um, that used to, he, he, I think he got sold to, um, ah, what's his name from Aerosmith? It was uh, a present from Joe Perry. Yeah, that's it, yeah. And, 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 fall back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it's, it's got such a history, that guitar. Has he got that yeah. now, then? I think I think Slash has got that um, guitar now, hasn't he? Uh, I can't oh, be right. sure yeah, I love one of the things I love about guitars is the stories behind them. I love yeah. the story with the guitar. I'm a big fan. Of, we'll get into that in a, in a bit. So you watch that. That's got to be a watershed moment because his playing on that is is huge. You know what I mean? He's, it's it's kind of blues based, sure, but he is stepping out, and it's it's it was a, it's yeah. an incredible piece of playing. Was that was that a real watershed moment for you? Then when you yeah, see that? it was just how cool he looked as well, and it was. The way he just hit those notes, and I mean... Yeah, singing it, yeah, singing. Action-wise, someone who's not heard that kind of thing before, it seemed like the fastest thing I'd ever heard. Yeah, well. there's a couple of runs near the end of that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but even that bit when he comes out of the church, it was kind of like, there's so much feeling in that, and from bands like, um, I don't know, Oasis, and there was never anything that yeah. even came close to me. It just yeah. it absolutely blew my mind to the point where I was like, I wore that tape out, on that particular section, just on watching that particular that section. I'm sure. It I'm sure that, that it was sat. It was sandwiched in between something like uh, Nina Cherry, and at okay. the time, a really yeah. dodgy "Smoke Gets in Your Eyes" cover by. Um, <laughs> oh, he was on London's Burning or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. It was in between. <laughs> there's a lot of our, there's a lot of our American listeners who'll be like, "What? What are these programs? What are these?" <laughs> it's cool, but yeah. So when you, I mean. Were you a playing, and were you more chordal based then at first when you were learning songs and less sort of solo based? I don't want to split the guitar too much like that, but were you more chordal based first, and then you saw that and kind of it brought in a lead playing to what you were doing? It did yeah, I mean I've always tried to learn the um, you know the, say like the solo for "Don't Look Back in Anger" yeah. or you know something from like "The Hard Day's Night" by the Beatles. Okay, I was always trying. I always had like an interest in the beginning. About yeah. Like, but it was that's kind of the single note melodic stuff that kind of was really yeah. just a, just an uh, 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 and it, I, I sort of going on top of the original melody anyway. You know, but Oasis do that a lot, don't they? Where they 
like yeah. no we'll, we'll just play off the the main melody itself like do you yeah. remember the first the first riffs you learned do you remember and if and yeah. if so and if so what can you still play so guitar and hand we should definitely do that <laughs> so my first ever lesson um was from my uncle okay um, and it was just an acoustic guitar lesson stayed over this for the night got a, got a guitar for christmas yeah. showed me a couple of chords uh the first one i learned was my sweet lord by George. okay not the whole thing because obviously just, it yeah just the was it the melody line yeah that's it was quite more a strong, just yeah the, um let's just get this on so it's more just the yeah yeah just that little bit uh and then i think i learned the c and f which was a big ask for your first lesson learning <laughs> it is like yeah it's three fingers uh, it's crazy yeah, absolutely <laughs> hammered it that was for um imagine as well just a couple oh, of right, yeah because the, the basics of guitar is that you learn kind of a, a, a sometimes a chord a day or every couple of days yeah. and then you go oh, okay that chord's used in imagine or it's used in yesterday or whatever it may be and you kind yeah. of piece them together and that's what you did you kind of piece it together did you find it did it come easy or did you find it kind of tough at first it was tough it hurt before that mm. i had a guitar with one string for like i know it's a typical rock star thing today but i had a guitar yeah. with one string yeah, and, yeah. Um, which string I was it to learn the solo to supersonic by oasis on one string oh, <laughs> i think it goes something like uh, maybe the wrong song. okay like, um, It's weird that I still know that. Um, it's in there. It's, they, they, these things stay in there. Yeah. yeah. I can't do it on one string. It was just like, I was all over the place. But that was the first thing I ever did. Um, yeah. And it was kind of like, uh, my brother actually helped me a lot with that. I think he was mm. the first one to put onto it. But we never kind of fathomed that, oh my God, there's, there's five, five other strings there. Yeah. You. <laughs> uh, and then by the time we actually got a real interest in the guitar, the other five strings had broke when we were moving out. <laughs> Thing, and it was uh, we had to wait um till christmas for our first guitar that we, we kind wow. of share. and um i'll <laughs> my mum's probably not going to read this but we used to sneak up before christmas because we knew where it was yeah so when nick out the shop we'd be on the guitar playing it and you know i before. love that i love that just yeah. to check it works yeah yeah it was kind of like we had like a little bit of a hunger for it then yeah so, well you've had oh, you've geez. had that long enough waiting to play wow yeah. i mean i'm I'm from a similar day where you're pre, almost pre-internet to a certain degree, where I would go to um, the old Curly Music and stuff, and yeah. I would look in the window and see guitars, and occasionally I would go to the shops and, and play some of these guitars. Guitars I had no way I was going to be able to play uh, half decent, and I'd never be able to own, but the aspiration yeah. to have a guitar was enormous to me. And when I got my first guitar... It meant the world to me. I I play. I still have it. I still have my my first guitar. Um, yeah. Uh, so what was the first guitar? What what make was it? So my first electric. So the first acoustic one we had was uh, just a Yamaha acoustic. You get the right okay. or something. You know, yeah. We always yeah, got, yeah. Uh, We went. We went from a rich family. We we were well off at all. Quite poor actually. But um, yeah. my mum always did well at Christmas, and we we got this one hundred pound Yamaha guitar. Okay. And that's what we talked about on the first yeah. ever electric guitar was a a westfield copy les paul i know uh, the, i know the models yeah mine was it my i have it i have it here is it, it, yeah uh, yeah yeah give us a second hold on as we give me a second it might pull the thing hold on uh, let's see so uh 
There we go. So mine was also a Les Paul copy. Uh, bear with me. Uh, it was also a Les, a Les Paul copy. I don't know if you can see that. Uh, was it was a Rockwood by uh, by Honet Les Paul copy. Now, one one of the things that was great when I kind of became a guitar tech and stuff and did some stuff with that. When I stopped playing this because I got other guitars, when I stopped playing it, uh, it kind of because it was because the electrics failed on it. And uh, after le- coming coming away and learning, God, the neck is thin on that. Um, the the uh, I, I kind of went back and and fixed it up and repaired it. So the one this now has got all new wiring in, shielding and stuff and, and all that type of thing. Fixed all the intonation and the action and everything on it. And yeah. when and even though it's like a cheap guitar, and it was a very cheap guitar, a couple of hundred pounds at the time. It, it means incredible amount to me, and it actually yeah. plays pretty damn decent because it's got a good setup by me on it. Yeah. But I didn't give up on it. I was like, I'm going to make sure it. God, it's life for Les Paul. Yeah, well. I mean, Jesus. it's first guitar, isn't it? I don't know exactly. Equipment, unfortunately, yeah. you know, it was yeah. always kind of like I say, it was a case of sell this one, get that one, wouldn't it? it? Upgrade and yeah. move up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, it was it was a really nice stuff. Funny story about that actually. Um, you know, obviously, to Les Paul copy, no tremolo bar. Yeah. Been on the best guitars. And uh, when I was at college, and this is when I just started getting into kind of like moving away, not away from Slash, but moving forward in my... Um, Your in knowledge my, base of what you were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I started learning a bit of Steve Vai from these guitar techniques. Sure. Um, and as part of my kind of, my, my end of year performance, I did For the Love of God on a Westfield Les Paul. Jesus Christ, yeah. I don't know if I could do it on a Westfield. <laughs> well, one of the things that I got from that, yeah. I mean, every time I performed it, because we went around like Kirby Sweet, Painting Sweet, did them in the college and everything, um, it was always kind of like rapturous applause. I don't know if it's just because they didn't understand what was going on. Because it just, it looked, it sounded impressive because it was fast. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. But one of the things I did get, and this, this kind of like, it developed me as a player a lot, was using a Les Paul to compensate for the the tremolo bar bits. Okay. Right? Yeah. That, yeah. Because yeah. I didn't have that, I then had to rejiggle what I was doing. Mm. So um, I think that that helped a lot with me phrasing as well. Right. Because um, you learned to kind of work around it because you, you did yeah, have it. Yeah. 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 Pre bends and mm. different kinds of slides and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I'll say just compensating for all the, the, the we, we, we've we've jumped a little bit there though so you you yeah. you're playing in bands doing nirvana stuff and oasis stuff you see slash and you start to adopt the stuff that yeah. he's doing that's quite a jump from first guitar to kind of vibe yeah what, what time frame are we talking there a year a year and a half two maybe I was more playing when i was about 11 okay. uh, and then obviously that, that, i don't is that year seven maybe eight i that's, can't remember i think it's eight i think it might be eight. yeah yeah, yeah. So um played played a played a bit, played with my mates, played in a couple of bands. We used to just go to the dirty little shed in Prescott yeah. and just just play until everyone told us to shut up. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we we maybe have like the odd gig and that. But um yeah. it, I think that kind of that slash revelation moment, yeah. it opened up like a hunger to want to learn, really learn. And I found yeah, that the yeah. more that I actually learned how to play, the less band opportunities i had okay wouldn't gel with anyone anymore i couldn't work with them anymore yeah because carry. you yeah you that, felt maybe that it was kind of box keeping you in a box yeah, yeah. almost was, like yeah yeah you would but mm. it'd be a case of like um five years before that i'll mm. play solo over that and it'd be kind of like 
but kind of like moving along with all that, learning all the vibes and everything. Someone play a solo over that, I'd be like, you know. You've moved on. You've moved on in technique and ability of what you could do with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and when someone about... came and says to you, play less notes. Yeah. I'm inclined to tell them nicely. <laughs> yeah. We can swear on the show. You can tell them to fuck off. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I hear what you say. And it also, like you quite rightly say, it, it kind of reduces your opportunities because there isn't an awful lot of Vi tribute bands. There isn't an awful lot of Satriani tri- tribute bands. You know, and it kind of... And this is still pre... Not even that. What it more so was yeah. saying to someone, okay, stop playing reposition chords. Let's play seven. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, you played three of them before. You don't know what <laughs> seven. And it's, it's yeah, frustrating. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not, it's not big either to say that, but I put the time in to kind of learn that little bit of theory at the time. Yeah. Um, and everyone's just like, okay, we're playing indie. We don't need to learn theory. We don't need to yeah. do this. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was frustrating more than anything because I wanted to be kind of like, um, I wouldn't say dream theatre, but I wanted the music to be complex. I wanted it to take on a sense of classicism. You listen yeah. to it, you think about the music. It's not just passive. Yeah. Um, I was I was a big advocate of Adorno and his yeah. writings. Um, I kind of, it, I don't want to, like, I'm not slagging off popular music in general. <laughs> it's it okay. Is very, it is very, you can sit there and just do whatever you want and, and it's on the background. I like to yeah. listen to music. What's going on there? What's he doing? And be involved in it like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well you know listen this is this is the spoken metal show and we talked about we talked about progressive stuff um and you know complicated sorts of arrangements and all kinds of types of things as well you know um and and i think you know certainly um metal is probably the most welcoming of technique and you know large scale even dio you know was a classic example of talking about you know large scale topics and stuff and then dream theater you know and, and producing and stuff doing wonderful stuff and complicated things there devon townsend and people like yeah. him doing really involved music i think metal of all genres you know maybe with the exception of jazz and classical to a certain yeah. degree are the most welcoming of of kind of of complicated stuff and arrangements and maybe the most dare i say welcoming and and, and respectful of their audience and they don't you know they, 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 they can say okay well the audience is intelligent enough to get this and stay with it you know think about tool and, you know, Tool have won, I think, a Grammy virtually every album they've ever done. And their newest album, you know, is is complicated. You know, in your unusual yeah. time signatures, you know, unconventional hooks, if there are any, you know, and difficult topics and very, you know, you have to sit with the music. And I think metal's always been quite welcoming to that. They've always yeah, kind of, yeah. and against trend because a lot of people think it's dumbing down and it's some, some cases quite the reverse. Yeah, yeah. And with, with with the whole tool thing, I know there's a resurgence lately. Mm. They're another band that I don't get Still into fact, yeah. listening to. But mm. um, I, I was I was learning Schism, I think it's called Schism, uh, with one of yeah. his students. Yeah, and there was a kind of an appreciation opened up for it mm. um, because of the you know the time signature changes and yeah, you know, but it's still well written piece yeah. of music. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, so you, you're you're kind of in kind of divide territory now and that just explodes i imagine it did for me when i go into buy because then it's like satriani malmstein and then you know paul gilbert yeah and and racer x and and and, and it kind of the old shrapnel records thing that must have been an explosion for you then it was it was but it didn't it didn't kind of unfold like that there was oh. uh, I, ha- I had an uncle 
um, who was absolutely mental. Yeah. Uh, he sadly passed away now, but he was he was into his metal and everything. Didn't play an instrument, just yeah. liked swing and everything. And um, yeah, I didn't see him much of this this one day. We saw him and he did me did me a tape. Um, oh, a mixtape! I love it. Yeah, yeah. But on one side we had Passion and Warfare. Okay, the whole album. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had No Boundaries by Michelangelo Basio. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and on the other tape we have Flying in a Blue Dream. Okay. And the other side, wet, wet, wet. Don't know why. <laughs> he just must have got to over that one. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't listen to But the first one, um, it was kind of like, and again, it was about perception. You've okay. not heard that thing before. You don't mm. comprehend what's going on. Mm. And all I heard was this flurry of notes. Have you imagine, and you don't understand, you just, you listen to this, you imagine someone's fingers moving like faster mm. than the speed of. Yeah. I just, again, I couldn't comprehend what was going on. Mm. And, I think, like, kind of like the, the amateur scientist in me wanted to understand what was going on. And all yeah. that, you need yeah, to look yeah. at, you know, tab sheets or whatever, theory, mm. just mm. open it up completely. Um, so how were so, how, how you, you kind of ingesting that there? Because uh, this is still pre-internet to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. So were you, you have to go to a guitar shop and, and go through Guitar Tab or guitar magazines? A little bit of both. So luckily, um, I just started... Roby College, um, and I met this guy called Mel, Mel White, right. um, one of my mates, still keep in touch with him now on Facebook, um, and he had an uncle who, who kept all these guitar techniques, magazines, and guitar, wow. whatever, you know, yeah. stacks of them, stacks of them, so yeah. what, he, what he did is he, every now and then we'd do a little trade, I'd bring something in for him, or he'd just lend me a load of magazines, Yeah. Um, and it was just looking at tab, basically, at the okay. time, and listening to it. Because I didn't mm. know that thirty. You're uh, just looking for something to hold on to here because you're like, that's so an explosion of notes and, and technique and yeah. weird stuff. How just what what the fuck? How, how do we even get that? You just wanted to see it written down so you could like start to piece it out yeah. and figure out what you're doing. Yeah. yeah, and I'd say learning for the love of God from from a guitar technique magazine without any knowledge of theory at all um, took a lot to just. I just, I think at the time I was. I was getting into that phase where I just locked myself in my room. I'd make yeah. like a massive forget, get a couple <laughs> of you know, the big ones. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. They didn't have anything to bother me. Yeah. Um, so I'd just, just be in lost. Yeah. Um, and I'd sit down, I'd just look at the numbers. I made that connection. The tab, the tab is what it is. It's just numbers. So let's read it. Yeah, yeah. Easy. But the actual getting the phrasing right and everything mm. by listening to the actual track. So I didn't yeah. look at the notes above it because I didn't know what they were. Yeah, so yeah. Listening to that, and it was a long process. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a, that's a, th- that's like, to give to someone who doesn't play guitar, or maybe I've never heard that song. Um, for love, of, for the for love, for love of God is, um, Steve Vice at the time. He, that's his epoch. That's his the the yeah. best he could play. It's every, and, it, and it is the kitchen sink. It's absolutely everything. It is every guitar technique you've ever heard in your life, yeah. and 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 on turned up to eleven. And, you know, it's kind of like the only way I can give an equivalent is, is if you suddenly learned to walk and you were like, right, I'm now going to climb the Eiger or I'm going to climb Everest. It's it's that big. It's a it's a massive mountain, that song. Particularly, I'm thinking of the uh, this huge run he does um, three, three quarters of the way through um, is absolutely ridiculous. Still is to this day. So, uh, great, great, already fires up. So... 
Callum? Oh, I love it. I love it. That's 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 still. I mean, I can I can play vast points of of, of that album because it's what I yeah. learned to play as well. But there's some parts where even I take a little bit of a deep breath going into, and that's one of them. Now you've got that underneath your fingers because, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, you know Craig can play. He's a great <laughs> player. But at the time, that must have seemed like Mars getting to that. It, it was seemed like Mars. And again, it was kind of, it's another one of those things that helped me develop my technique further. Mm. Not having a seven string, because it was recorded on a seven string. That was going to be my next question, yeah, it's on a seven yeah, yeah. string, so yeah. You've got that, you know, the B at the beginning. That bit. So mm. now I'm going to compensate for that just on the E string. What I had to do was go to the E string, go to the fourth fret, and play fourth fret, fifth fret, seventh fret, and then jump quickly. And go to oh, the next fret, 10th fret, 12th fret. So it's kind of like jumping up the fret so quickly. And yeah. you don't realize the time, but these little things, they, they, they build your technique up over time. That's to me. Right. Yeah. I'm not yeah. so I'll do it there. Yeah. And then, don't you think about it? That that kind of helped me play, for example, Rising Force by Ingvay Malmsteen. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah, got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Getting that octave, 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 octave. Yeah, but yeah. It's such a little thing from years ago. And you think that's kind of helped that yeah. further down the line. So you're like, you're when you're learning this song, like I said, it's like climbing Everest when you've just learned to walk. You've all, you, you as well as put a massive backpack on yourself as well. Because it's, you, yeah, you, I mean, you got that other string. It was a big take. And I don't even know why I chose it. It was just such a big take. I think it's because I couldn't play anything else off the album. Maybe answers. You know, that was kind that's, of... That's extraordinary to me that you're like, I couldn't play anything else off the album. Like, Liberty. You did, I thought Liberty would have been the first thing you would have, you would have gone with. It's like, it's got... It's, I mean, it's got runs at the end, sure, but the beginning, it's pretty, pretty safe, isn't it? Weird. Yeah, I, kind of, I listened to it. It was, it was a great track, but I thought... I remember thinking it's kind of pompous. Okay. <laughs> I think it you know, says with really the beginning, yeah. And the first time, the first time I saw that, like played, was uh, at the Seville Guitar yeah. Expo. Um, yeah. Which is like it's that's my one of my go-to kind of um, videos, along with Crossroads, which we'll talk about in a second. But yeah, the the Seville Guitar Expo with um, Satriani, and that was the first time I believe Liberty was played live. I might be wrong about that. I'm pretty sure it's the first time it's played live, and he played. Yeah. Um, Liberty, I think Answers, and then For the Love of God, I think it, I think it was Answers. And, and he yeah. came out with that, um, you know... Oh, Greasy he, Kids Oh, sorry, Greasy Kids yeah. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he comes out with that um, Ibanez, the GMC one, with the green oh, thing yeah. and the... Oh, that's a great guitar, that is. That's a beautiful guitar. And awesome. that was the first time I saw it. And Brian Mays, because it was... Once again, I keep, I keep maybe having to pull in the listeners that have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> every every couple of years there's 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 like these expos and and they have like uh guitar expos where kind of all players of all genres come together and celebrate the beauty that is guitar and it was in seville and it was spread over three nights or three or four nights and each night was a different sort of one one was rock one was jazz one was classical and one was was was, was rock was it instrumental rock right. and stuff and um, the story goes that Satriani uh, was tasked with being the master of duties, I think, uh, or Brian May was one of the two. But I think it's Brian May, actually. It sounds yeah. like Brian May would be, you'd want him in charge, yeah, take yeah. a pair of hands. And he's like charged with only a couple of days notice going, pull together the best guitar players 
and put them on, delete by a couple of songs, and then you'll play a song at the end. And it was Satriani first, then Vi, Nuno Betancourt, I believe, was played some yeah. stuff there as well. I think, And then Joe Walsh, bizarrely, they brought Joe Walsh out. And so May's doing the harmonies to, to Liberty, and I was like, this is fucking guitar nirvana you know oh, it was yeah. just this was just the, it and i remember great. that being a huge influence on me well yeah i mean i mean i got that again from my friend mel at college yeah he had loads of videos and he just he'd just be chucking them at me and i'd just be absorbing it all yeah, that was yeah. that that concert um yeah. and again watching actually visually seeing by for the first time because he's a beautiful player like in terms of his hand his hand yeah. and by his own admission he wants to make it look beautiful his legato his vibrato he, he, he practiced looking at it in the mirror didn't he he wanted to look beautiful and effortless yeah, yeah, when he was playing like, as well yeah yeah and that's one of the things i tried to do myself i don't know how successfully it was in that but <laughs> it was kind of like if you get a phrase uh say for example You know, Vi would go, and he'd get that extra slide, you know, unnecessarily up to the same note, mm. but it was so much better, you know, and then versus, it just the subtle in inflections in it, yeah, one of the things I, my first guitar teacher was talking to me about, and became, and it became, and still is a big part of when I play, was vibrato. And how how distinct it was, and watching someone like Vi and Satriani, and very much Brian May, I yeah. learned kind of um, I learned kind of how important that was. Now, to the uninitiated guitar player uh, or or someone who doesn't listen to guitar, player, the vibrato was kind of that like sort of ringing kind of when they shake a note, if you will, for one of a better word. Now, but, yeah, there you go. So one of the one of the things that distinguishes a guitar player, and it can be the reason that your mum knows who the person is playing guitar versus someone who, who has no idea. You, everybody can tell certain guitar. All the great guitar players, Gilmore, you know, all these Jeff Beck people like that, have a very distinct one. And Vi, I'm watching his playing. We talk about beautiful playing. He did that circular thing as well, didn't yeah. he? Um, and yeah, and I I picked that up a lot as well. You know, did you find then? you really kind of dove deep with your playing from the mechanics of it as well, like, you know, vibrato and, and that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was kind of like a thing for me to get it right, not just mm. play the notes, but to get the yeah. phrase right. Yeah. Uh, I was teaching this to a student the other day. Well, I'll say the other day, but, you know, before lockdown and everything. Um, yeah. It was um, always with me, always with you. Okay. Um, so that's it. the Satriani ballad for those that don't know Satriani ballad with quite an interesting um, the 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 underpinning chords are quite difficult to play. It's very much like um, uh, the police song "Every Breath You Take." It has that kind of whole. Yeah. It's quite long stretches, but yeah, music yeah. musically, it the the, the 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 guitar line is often wrongly played by guitar players um, yeah. because it's so simple. Um, yeah, that's exactly. a beautiful that's song. Trying to get out with the students, so it was like mm. you got the notes, but I was like, well, you've got the notes, but if you say, for example, if you were out doing karaoke, what do you do in karaoke? You try to emulate the song, the singer. Yeah, no different with guitar. Mm. You need to hit those vibrato points. You need to it's, listen. It's a voice, yeah. You need uh, you need to listen to when the note cuts out, and when it doesn't. You know, it's not just a case of going. You know what you want to do is you want to you want to sing it. Yeah, 
you know, get that kind of, it's like, it's like it's, singing it. You know what it's I mean? a voice. And I was, I was kind of obsessed with that when I was learning kind of, first of all, matching some of my heroes ones, like, like Malmsteen's got a really aggressive kind of, kind of, kind of uh, vibrato. And I kind of, I love that. And then, you know, this is when Zach Wilde comes in. It's just fucking crazy oh, vibrato. And then, but then, you know, last night I was watching Gilmore and um, he's got this beautiful, beautiful vibrato. And they're all part of their voice. Did you find um, you were kind of still seeking your own voice at this point? Did you find you, you still sounded like everybody else? Or were you searching for your own voice at, uh, yet? Or oh. when did we get to that? <laughs> I weren't searching for my own voice at all. I wanted their voice. <laughs> And that's why I absorbed so much is because right. I want to, each one, I'd want to sound like them. Right. Um, whether it was Vi, Malmsteen, Gilbert, yeah. uh, she came late, said he was just too difficult at the time, but it was kind of like, yeah. I always want to play like them. Mm-hmm. I always want to have that signature guitar. And I'd yeah, always yeah. have guitar and then I'd kind of move on to the next one, you know, I'd have, <laughs> sure. um, had a uh, Zach Wilde camo Les Paul only okay. epic films, you know. Bullseye stuff, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then I, I went on to the Satriani Ibanez, the JS100. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. I took a little phase, and then I'd have, um, what else have I had? Malmsteen Strass, which I did pay a lot wow. of money on, student loan. Okay, uh, scalloped frets and... and yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love and it. Like, hey, I, I love that guitars are, are linked to people. You know, it's like if yeah. I say, uh, you know, Gibson SG, it's Angus Young, more or less. Um, you know, Ibanez Gems, Vise, you know, uh, Scalloped Strat would be, be Malmsteen's, you know, and Ibanez, probably some, one of the RGs is producing, yeah. you know, uh, Les Paul. Yeah, I love the way that people kind of get intrinsically linked to those instruments. I think that's fabulous. It's part of their mythology. Like Slash, yeah. Slash play, obviously he's remembered for Les Paul, but I've, I've seen him playing Mockingbirds, Beast yeah. Richard Mockingbirds. I've seen him playing all kinds of different guitars. It's just funny that that those people get linked intrinsically to those guitars. Here's a thing for you. When did when did your boy drop uh, Crossroads on you? <laughs> you missed a sore point there. I still can't play Crossroads. Mm. Uh, it's one of the things I have never ever managed to master in my entire. Which life. which in, interestingly, which which part? Like, is it the intimidation riff or the? Um, well, it's kind of like the you know that bit where it goes. Oh, Paganini, yeah, the, the, the classical bit at the end, yeah. Ah, it goes really messy. That's pretty decent. Ah, I can play the Steve Vai. Yeah, <laughs> well, people, like, the, the wonderful thing about that Crossroads thing is that was a lot of people's first introduction to, to Vi and the yeah. whole thing of... of, of shredding and and play mixing classical music with rock music and that type of thing and i remember when i first saw that i was it was late night i was watching this film i didn't even know the film was about guitar playing i'd like ralph from the karate kid i was like i'll watch this film <laughs> one of the things that's amazing about that whole film is at the very be- near the beginning he's learning classical guitar people don't who haven't seen it don't realize this he's learning yeah. classical guitar to begin there's a fucking a teenage uh, girl <laughs> playing a, a massive dreadnought kind of uh, a classical guitar. And she's at, yeah, yeah. I, and she's absolutely slaying it, and that blew me. That was the first thing I saw. Yeah. Blew me away. And then, so for those that don't know, and I would suggest if you don't know, it's still worth watching, even if you don't like guitar playing, because it's still a tour de force. 
basically, uh, Ralph uh, teams up with a guy who sold his soul to the devil to learn to play the harmonica really great. And obviously lost, lost his soul and wants to get it back. And at the very closing parts of the film, um, the, he calls up the devil and says, you know, I want to get my guy's soul back. And he goes, okay, how do you want to do that? And he's like, I'll play. We'll have a contest. And he doesn't realize it's real, but he's really battling for his life. And he goes, okay, I'll, I'll put you up against my best guitar player. Because he's not the devil. Steve I's not the devil in this. He's Jack Butler. He's a guy who also sold his soul to learn to play really well. And they're transported to an arena, if you will, which is a big bar, like a New Orleans bar. And they play it out. And he basically wins his soul back. And that's it. That's the plot. But that first sort of thing that Vi plays, which later on became Bad Horsey, um, I was oh, obsessed yeah. with that. I was upset. And it's not Flash, but it's like a, it wasn't playing chords almost. It wasn't playing a rhythm. It wasn't playing a song. It wasn't soloing. And he does this burn and burn out of burn. I should have pl- plugged yeah. the app in here to do this one. But yeah, and that, that was the first time I was like, oh shit, you can do that with a guitar, you know? What was that key? Was it C? Um, well, he's down tuned, isn't he? So. Um, it's is it B? Is it B? I, I might be, I might be B. I, I think I can't it's C and it's something like. That, that, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was doing so it was like mimicking like a like a this and stalking and moving as he was doing it. And that's I was like, so and then does these huge screams like and, and and you know wild stuff. And I was like, what? What is this? What's what the thing with when you listen to that track, you can actually picture. This massive war horse stomping its feet. Yeah, that's where you got bad horsey. Two, two seconds, yeah. I'm going to place this one guitar back. And so subsequently, like you, um, let me just move some stuff around here. Let me just, I have a whole bunch of guitars to talk about and stuff. So I picked up, um, after seeing that, I picked up this. Now, it's not red. Um, it's not red, but it's uh, one of those Charvels. And then you can see ah, that. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it's nice. pretty much the closest you can get without really kind of spending an enormous a couple of a couple of grand on a guitar that uh, that was like that with the with the the 101 Floyd Rose there, and that's uh, that's Fort Worth that from, and that this is heavy as hell this guitar, but it enabled yeah. me to do those kind of like things because I I didn't know what lock and tuners were or Floyd I didn't know what a Floyd Rose was I didn't understand the concept behind it and I got yeah. that from 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 from. Uh, from crossroads was that like a big watershed moment for you it was yeah it was kind of like what is this you know is that <laughs> cool tool? um yeah. and at the time i think when i heard that i was still on the westfield as well yeah so um me me first kind of floating tram was a bc rich beast after oh, that okay yeah uh, it was the closest thing i could afford you know it wasn't yeah. great uncomfortable to sit down with um yeah i think i bled internally Twice. <laughs> um, funny, I couldn't get a case for it. The only cases you could get at the time okay. were the coffin cases, and I was not about to walk around Prescott with a coffin. Yeah, in yeah. Everybody needs to Google those BC Rich, uh, BC uh, yeah. the, the Beasts. Like everybody needs to Google. That's quite a guitar. That that's that's a. Yeah. That's a but the reason being is it has a floating trem, and for the, like once again for the uninitiated, that means that um, you can bend up and down um, notes and make really kind of wild sort of uh, differences in, in sounds with them and become very vocal with it with a with tremor and it stays in tune because if you use like a, a strat 
and you have a, a trem on there, it wasn't really designed to kind of, unless you're, you know, Hank Marvin, it wasn't used to really uh, be abused. So it will go out of tune. So you can't really do those wild things. They bring in a floating trem and kind of like, you know, the Floyd Rose stuff and, and all that type of thing. And then people just went wild then uh, with crazy stuff. It became, it's part of Steve Vai's sound is to use the trem to, to kind of, Get sort of the gargles and stuff as you were. Yeah, and he had a hand in developing that as well, from what I read. Mm. Um, he, he came to him with this prototype, mm. um, and he was kind of like, you know, oh, that's great, you know, I can, I can go down. Yes. <laughs> but I want to be yeah. able to go back up, and I, apparently, yes. from the story you read, he, he got a chisel during it's that. It's true. Meeting. Yeah, I, I, from from the man himself, I, I know yeah. that to be true. He had, basically, yeah. when you when you move this this device bringing it down releases the tension on the strings and it makes them slack, if you will. And then that's great. And you can go what they call dive bombs where you do these big kind of, as, as Craig will demonstrate now. You want one? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's go. All we right. can do that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> We can play all this, and we, no one's going to tell us off for being indulgent. Now it's great; we can do whatever we want. So, so yeah. So, doing that means you could cover these crazy, for one of the better Star Wars sci-fi noises. But Vi was like, "What about if I want to raise the pitch of the notes? I tighten the tension, if you will, of the strings." Uh, I'm explaining this really badly, even as a tech. I'm explaining this badly, but bring the noise up higher to do these kind of like high-pitched sort of squeals, and he he. He was he chiseled out behind the, the thing, what's now called the lion claw, I think he called it. So he could pull it up. It was all out of invention to do that. And so that, all Ibanez, the gems, and, and the whole series have this like cavity at the back to, to pull up the notes and kind of make them ring. And that was born from him taking an old strat, I think he had, and just taking a chisel to it. And I love that invention that he could do that, you know. And it, he was like, I needed to do this. The best example of this ladies and gentlemen, is Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van yeah. Halen taking a guitar or the parts of a guitar and making it his own, kind of a super strat, as people refer to it as, where he takes yeah. different pickups because he wanted the sound of a Fender and the sound of a Les Paul and be able to do both and do a whole bunch of other stuff and mess with toggle switches. And he created, you know, the very famous guitar that, you'll, that you see with the, the lines all over it for, for the uninitiated. So yeah. when did you when did you settle on a guitar that felt right? Because it sounds like at the moment you were making choices based on budget and choices based on what was available. When was the guitar you got where you're thinking, this is a, this is a keeper for at least a, a small amount of time? Well, I, th I think at the moment, um, Ibanez Universe, yeah um it's it's what's felt right i like the challenge of trying to get something to sound really good and that's seven string as well um yeah yeah throughout the years i think it always has been more of a budget an issue with me yeah just thinking what what's the closest thing to perfection i can afford yeah um and a lot of the time it was never kind of above the five to six hundred price range but yeah uh, the, the the best one I did with that was the um, I'd say the JS one hundred. Yeah, an that's a guitar. that's a great Very guitar. Best. That though, that's a really good. Uh, you know, you can cover an enormous amount of ground with the JS one hundred. Yeah. Like you know, that's a. It was very much like the RG series in so much as a, the workhorse of modern yeah, rock yeah. guitar I mean, players. I couldn't I couldn't fault it at all. You know, because, uh, I mean, like like Gilbert used the RG for a long time, a long, long time. You know, he's been an exponent of that. It, and that was like kind of with, 
Is the RG with the wizard neck as well? Is that the one with the that's got a really fast neck on it? Um, I remember that being yeah, that's a that's a great yeah. guitar. And the JS one, that that was like you know that's such a it's a good workhorse guitar because it covers an awful lot. Yes, you can do the flash stuff, but then you know I remember yeah, yeah. seeing I remember seeing Satriani use that when he was with the Stones or rather when he was with Mick Jagger. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so it could it could do everything. So we've already gone forty eight minutes here. And we haven't even talked about you as a guitar teacher. <laughs> so it seems interesting to me that you were, um, there seems to be a couple of people in your life that kind of were almost like gatekeepers. There was the first guy who kind of give you guitar magazines. There was good guys showing you videos. Yeah. Was How important were those people to kind of steering you into the way where you were, the playing you ended up playing? Absolutely integral. I mean, every bit of information I got, I got from someone else, you know, mm. um, as I say, and I've, you know, I've said before, it's not a kind of sob story, but we didn't have a lot of money. So I always, I always, uh, relied on kind of, you know, lend me this magazine or lend me this video. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's, there's so much in that. It, it the, the kinds of eighties, nineties guitar scene was, was handed to me in that yeah. way. Right. Uh, you knew no better cause I remember this one particular video. I think it was, uh, young guitar or hot guitar i can't remember something something american yeah. that you get a video with it and it contain clips of everyone's instructional videos okay. um and on that one video we had clips of aldo miola there's just one he's, he's got yeah. sunglasses on he's got yeah. white all white white jeans and everything and he's just shredding on this yeah, uh, I, think, yeah I, remember, I remember hearing um aldo miola yeah. i often forgot when we talk about shredders like his stuff with like you know on elegant gypsy uh, you yeah. know, and, and all that type of thing, and casino and race on Spanish Highway. He was yeah. he Beautiful. was taking over where kind of John McLaughlin kind of was going. He kind of came in there, didn't he, with that kind of whole almost jazz type of thing and the gypsy yeah, element yeah. to it and, and stuff. And then he kind of pushed it, didn't he? Yeah. He's very overlooked. He's one of the ones Massively. that great guitar players always mention when mm. when they're at that, you know, the obligatory who influenced you. And they yeah. always say, oh, you know, Paige, Hendrix. And then with the greats, you always hear Holsworth, Aldi Miola, yeah. you know, Coltrane, something like that. Yeah. Um, and Aldi Miola is always in there, but he doesn't seem to be in anyone's playlists. It's crazy, um, isn't it? It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah, it's but same as Alan Holdsworth. Alan Holdsworth, like what he did for fusion guitar and what he did for, you know, guitar as a whole, he's often still cited by your vibes and people like that as being absolutely way ahead of his time you know mo- yeah. taking modal playing way past what it was what, what, what it's conventional standard his approach to the guitar some of the lessons and sort of the things he's talking about are concepts way beyond uh you know my understanding like fabulous player uh yeah. you know, massively underrated massively underrated there's yeah. a lot of those you know there's a lot of players like that that are kind of don't get their props that they need like you know i mean it's like uh, there's always a lot of under the radar yeah, 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 and 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 that was that's tough. That because a lot of them kind of had a bright spark of the of the uh, late eighties, early nineties, and then kind of faded away. You know, like you know, Ty Tabor and stuff like that, and people like you know, these yeah. are phenomenal players, and never really got the the thing. Why why do you think that is? Maybe that they're not as well seen, even though they're just as important. Is it because they just weren't commercially successful? Is that it? Is that what it comes down to? Successful, yeah, and I think it comes down the popular music scene again and you know even though we'll consider grunge to be not popular yeah. it was it was part mm. of the popular scene 
Yeah. Um, I don't think they ever, you know, Aldemiola, Holdsworth and stuff like that, they, they didn't hit the popular scene at all. Mm. It's, it was, in, it, it's interesting, though, that, um, like, at the moment, I think Nuno Betancourt's main gig is the guitarist for Rihanna. And I think that's fabulous. You know, the, like, he's, uh, yeah, the, yeah, he's, uh, he, I think he, he's a touring guitar player for Rihanna. And, and a lot of these, like, sort of, touring guitar players who have been around a long time you know they just kind of found their place because they're so good you know mm. someone like um like snowy white is playing with 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 roger waters and the great players like that um doug aldridge yeah. and stuff like that and um, they've kind of found the way i think one of the things that helped like someone like vi was playing with white snake you know people you yeah. know, he only did like one album but you can see why he did that because it raised his game Im- immeasurably you know, yeah, I suppose the... clever with it as well. You've seen performances mm. where he was playing for the love of God yeah. with Whitesnake, you know, yeah. amongst his little solo section and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I always feel sorry for, for Adrian Vandenberg. I, I always feel sorry for him at that time, you know, because he's, uh, he's a great player, Vandenberg, great player, but he's doing, you know, his solo section and then Vi's pulling out like seven string guitars and almost reinventing uh, the wheel in front of him every night. He must have been like, fuck you, Vi. Well, I always put that way about Marty Friedman and Jason Becker. Uh, Jason yeah, Becker. That's a very good point, like, yeah. And it's like, you know, Marty, Marty's great. He's superbly technical and musical and everything, but yeah. next to Becker, he was a little boy. Well, you know. they used to famously, the story goes, so for, once again, I, I, occasionally I'll have to dip in this and kind of uh, uh, commentate to, to, to people who don't don't follow guitar, but Jason Becker and Marty Friedman were, were good friends, and um, they do stuff like on when they play together, they'd play Eruption, and one would play one hand, and the other one would play the other hand on the guitar, that's how provision, Gilbert did it as well, and... Um, they were kind of like, I think the reason Marty Freeman's been remembered is because of Megadeth. So Marty Freeman plays in, you know, he, he was a kind of shredded de jour and everybody kind of loved it. But then he got asked to join Megadeth and does like Symphony of Destruction and, and that type of thing and, and, and all this great playing. And that kind of properly propels him. Uh, whereas Jason Becker, I think the closest he came is Dave Lee Roth is probably, you know, he did some stuff with Dave Lee Roth. Yeah, and he becomes he, that. That was kind of almost a ticket. Sadly, Jason Becker uh, gets is uh, 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 struck down with a terrible disease and um, can't play anymore. It's, it was it's a wasting disease and can't play anymore. But at his height, certainly with that guitar with the um, with the child's numbers on and and the, yeah, the, it's yeah. like the, well, that was iconic. Just jump in there that. if you if, if you want something further on that. Watch the Not Dead Yet. I watched it. Yeah, yeah. It did, uh, which yeah, is, sure. is a fabulous documentary because yeah. he's still playing music or writing music. Yeah. Well, well that's extraordinary. Yeah. That's just the place, you know, yeah. and all the musicians that have continued to support him as well. Mm. Uh, they all, often talk about him very, very highly. You know, it's like. Uh, he communicates now apparently with with just blinking his eyes and stuff yeah. and you think he still does that and he's got an album coming out i think he's had an album previously and yeah. people are guesting on it buys guesting on it gilbert's guesting on it yeah, I think yeah that's that's extraordinary to me that is extraordinary and it shows that what a beautiful power of will story you know what i mean and uh, the, the the music because we talk about people uh overcoming stuff as well like you know Guitar is lit, is littered with people that, that had problems and used the guitar to overcome it. You talk yourself about being, coming from you know a difficult background where money was tight, 
and and the guitar being almost i would argue an escape and then you know you think about some of the people that where you take that to a more even extreme level iomi iomi loses his fingernails or his fingertips and yeah. finds a way around it to become who he is Django reinhardt kind of loses his his fingers and only gets two fingers left and you yeah. think these are extraordinary extraordinary tales and i think one some of the things that people don't give the credit to guitar that they maybe should do is that it, it really is um, something that it can help you as a person as a human being um, i think it's it's it can be it can, can cure anxiety it can cure depression it can make you feel a better person. It can teach you the value of patience and practice and time. Did you find that those things were happening when you were learning? Did you find you become a little bit more disciplined in what you were doing? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's tough to say. I mean, at the time, you don't really think about those kind of things. You know, you're just hitting the notes and practicing and everything. But I suppose in, in a way, that was kind of like my my little world that I'd sit in. As I say, you know, I locked mm. myself away. Yeah. for a long time yeah uh, lost quite a few friends in the process <laughs> we've been knocking on my door are you coming out no no i'm learning this yeah yeah i'm learning this and it'd take me hours you know it's not an industry so, so, so when, when did you when did you kind of take uh start getting actual guitar teachers when did that happen I, i've never had a lesson in my life wow okay so Everything. then i mean the natural question then is to when did you decide to start teaching guitar then um i've done it on and off um probably uh let's see 20 21 22 maybe okay. just went around and did the odd lesson you know um i don't drive so it was always a hassle busting it to someone's house with a guitar and yeah and i'm um, sitting there half an hour maybe an hour and then doing the lesson getting off back on the bus and so i couldn't yeah. fit that many lessons in a day that was more kind of like I like doing this, you know, mm. it's not bringing in a lot of money because you're looking at an hour travel either side. Yeah. It wasn't an income for me, but it was like, I like doing this. So I'm going to do it sporadically. That's yeah. fine. Um, I've always had my day jobs and everything like that. Uh, mm. It was kind of like, thought, okay, I'm not amazing, but I am good enough to teach someone something here. Right. Um, especially beginner guitars. Uh, mm. guitar. So I, I, I built on that. Um, the Kaylee stuff came later, much later. Mm. Yeah. Um, so when you when you were teaching stuff, I assumed that the people that you would sit down with didn't have similar music tastes, and they would ask you to to show them uh, a particular song or a guitar player yeah. that you'd either not heard of or not played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and I think the the experience, as I said before, about listening to the for, Lo- for the love of God track, mm. and you know, doing it that way, looking yeah. at the, the numbers and listening to what's actually going on. That helped with my um, being able to listen to a song and pick it up and just, you know, be able to yeah. play it. And I always yeah. thought to myself, I was very stubborn as a guitar player. I'm going to sit down with these people and they're going to ask me to play something like Ed Sheeran. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no. a song from beginning to end, yeah. Yeah, I'm not happy with that. I'm not going to spend time researching <laughs> What I'll do is I'll go to the lesson, I'll press play on YouTube, and I'll learn it there and then. Yeah. You, know, you can pick up whatever it is within an yeah, instant. Yeah, yeah you've done yeah. enough that kind of training and that's mm. what i do you know uh, mm. i won't ever sit there listening to an ed sheeran track and notating this and notating that um yeah. it's, i've got to enjoy what i'm doing mm. not enjoying it then i'm not going to do it but you know so we live we live in a time when um our, our guitar teachers 
or tutors, if you will, are they are, are they obsolete by the the stuff that they can now pick up online, or is it more important than ever to have a guitar teacher who can go, well, that's wrong, this is wrong, and and guide sort of someone through? Uh, are they almost obsolete, or are they more important than they ever were? Ooh, there's a couple of ways of looking at this, and uh, mm. I've thought about this at length. You've got if if someone's listening to a, a YouTube video, as mm. you say, they can't say no. You're not doing that right, or just yes. moving on slightly to the left. Yes. Um, yeah. But then there are people who just want to, uh, you know, I just want to play guitar at the barbecue when someone comes around. Yeah. I've had yeah. a few of those barbecue students, as I put it. Yeah. Uh, which is fine, you know, learn off YouTube, whatever. Don't spend your money. That's up to you. Mm. But for the ones who want to really play, if you want to become you, good. Yeah, learning, learn the instruments. Yeah, like there was this one video. I'm not going to mention the name of the guy. He's very big. <laughs> He's endorsed by like, you know, so many artists and everything. This yeah. channel, everything, and he's like, yeah, is this one, this one uh, video where they said, this is how you hold a pick. This is how you hit the pick. And it left me thinking, mm, you're overgeneralizing this. So, mm. say for example, someone who's Six foot three compared to me, who's like a mega five seven. My hand size is not going to be able to attack mm. or play the same way that you're saying that everybody should attack that pick. Right. String, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I'm always thinking these videos, you know, the good for kind of like guidance, but no one's saying to you, okay, I think your hands are a little bit too big for that, so we're going to have to recompensate you. So let's just shove that little, you know, move your hands up a little bit there. Mm. You don't get that. So what you end up with is this player who's probably attacking the pick correct. But then you've got all this background noise because, you know, the hands, I say, too small, too yeah, big. Yeah. There's no guidance there at all. There's there's the, there's, yeah, there's that 360 of, of communication, you know, of yeah. no, a slight adjustments and micro-adjustments. The other thing as well, which is interesting, you're interested you bring up pick holding and stuff, is that some of my favourite players um, have what would be considered unusual picking hand. Heffield's a very good example of it. Now, James Heffield, Metallica, widely believed to have one of the best right hands in the business, really powerful, you know, great right hand, right hand Mm -hmm. player, holds the pick very strangely, holds it with like almost all of his fingers, you know, someone like I mean, obviously adapted that for what Mm -hmm. he needs to do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's strange. Usually you see people with like the three fingers extended and you've got like the thumb, first finger holding mm. the pick like that and the mm. three fingers are used to mute the strings yeah. what i do is i bunch my whole hand up yes completely and i'm just using yeah. the palm uh, and people look at me and think that's just really strange you know people commented on it in the past yeah. but that works for me i picked uh, up from from eddie a little bit in so much as that i um i hold my my pinky out slightly yeah. and where that come from is that it became to mute the strings occasionally and um, it also came to uh, to hit the the volume button, volume button, volume uh, control on it as well, and yeah. adjust that subtly. And I used it to do that. And it also became a point of fact that then when when I would tap, I would keep, I would just move the pleck down. And uh, Neil Mellor's got a, a wonderful way of moving the pick round when he does the t- the tapping as well. And right. what I'm kind of gearing towards here is that are we losing sort of those wonderful. Uh, uh, eccentricities, if you will, of someone's playing because we're kind of teaching them a generic formula, and it, like that, like you're saying, the guy there saying this is how you hold the pick. It is, but there are other, you know, options, you know, to get the job yeah. done. Are we losing uh, some of uh, that? Even something as simple as hand size plays a factor in how you have to adjust. Naturally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Model on. 
Yeah. And these videos don't mention that. He's just kind of like, this is how you do it. This is how you yeah. have to do it. Uh, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. a great player. I don't agree with it at all. It's, yeah. um, you know, it, it is what it is. The, 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 other, the, the other problem is just that if you see someone talking on YouTube about guitar, it's it doesn't necessarily mean they're right. They go, no, okay, let good. me go through the, the cage method and explain this. And then the next video goes, here's why the cage method isn't very good. And here's another guy where it's going. Uh, and, you know, we assume, and certainly someone learning guitar would assume that uh, everything on there is, is kind of fact-checked, but it's not. It's the internet. So no, someone come on and go, this is yeah, how you play Sweet Child of Mine by, by Guns N' Roses. And it's not. I've seen people on YouTube go, this is how you play. For the love of God, I've seen, there are people on there who are playing it the wrong notes and i'm like yeah. how can that even be but, but the, the phrasing is, is wrong more importantly yeah. phrasing wrong and, and you're like how can that be you know that they can Why? point that out there and, yeah. and expect people to think that that's 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 how it's meant to be done it's very frustrating which brings yeah. us on very neatly to an interesting thing we were talking about uh, a couple of conversations ago about people faking on the internet which is a huge part our mutual friend jack gardner was does a, does a whole piece about this so yeah. for those that don't know, when you go on YouTube and you see a video of someone, the video will be largely a guy in his studio with a guitar sitting down and he'll go, OK, um, here's my lick in, uh, you know, in, the, in, in E, in the Lydian mode, uh, over a back and track, blah, 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 whatever it may be. And he'll play. And it's, it, there's a, plenty of examples of, of furious playing, looks really fast. But, but recently, maybe even it's been, a, it's been a thing for a while, but recently people have noticed stuff like things like the hand positions not being quite matching, things like something as simple as the clock changing in the background or things changing yeah. in the background. So there's been a wave, hasn't there, of people getting called out yeah. for faking YouTube clips really, on really sad. I mean, I don't know if you saw my post in the... I did. Star I did. Group. I did. It was, I'd seen this video, just for everyone else, I'd seen this video, and the technical ability was beautiful, and it was so, so technical fast it was clean uh and it was different he was using these techniques that made it sound no longer like a guitar yeah. and i posted in the group saying you know this has actually cheered me up this is really refreshing to see that someone's doing something really innovative mm. with yeah, guitar interesting. Yeah, yeah yeah and then obviously jack gardner come on and said fake guys are fake yeah and i looked at it and i was like yeah and it was counterproductive then it pissed me off yeah like, gone from being like yes things are still happening to no yeah no, it's not. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then instead of learning to play that well, he's put his effort into faking that. Yeah. And it's outrageous. It's outrageous. One of the technology, isn't it? You know. Yeah, and I think yeah, that that's put that's kind of drove a massive sort of wedge in into the guitar community. The guitar community reeled from that now, where you you know there's a lot of players out there that almost go out the way to prove that this is real now. Put timestamps yeah. on the things on the. On, on what they're doing and kind of clocks and stuff and things to yeah. to prove that it's legit and it's it's, it's insipid yeah. it's unbelievable well, um, after, and that, after that just just briefly I, I i went and looked around i don't sit there going through all kinds of youtube videos i never do mm. not it's not for me but um after that particular post i went around and just had a look at a few a couple mm. of competition winners and i'm let's say i'm not going to name a shame but yeah there was this one guy who'd won quite a prestigious competition yeah and when i look back at that video it's sped up i didn't yeah. repost it because i thought it's done it's gone whatever but his hand it's hand movement you can see um 
and a certain way the, the kind of the elbow shifts is mm. unnatural. Yeah, and it's opened my eyes to it now. Yeah, um, as I say, it's been and gone, but this is the kind of thing we have to put up with now. Yeah. You're looking at yourself and you're raising unexpected, uh, sorry, unintended standards are being mm. raised through these yeah. kinds of things. You know. Well, yeah, I, I, it, I'm I'm glad you say that because it does raise like the question of like you can go online and see someone playing the guitar insanely well and genuinely it's insanely well and for me it's a cycle so we go i see that and go oh my god they're amazing i'm awful and i go i go away i put the guitar away for a little bit and i'm like right that's it i'm never going to be as good as that you know 10 year old kid in japan i'm never going to be as good as that and then slowly i go you know what though it's not too far from what i can do give yeah. let me have a go let me break it down and then some sometimes i learn it and i get get pretty damn good and uh, and then I go, okay, you know what? That's cool. And then I see another video of some guy doing it with just with, with blindfold. And I'm like, okay, well, back to square one again. <laughs> and I see it all the time. Sometimes it's a really powerful tool. Sometimes it can be as well. Yeah. But way back in the day, when guitar magazines had like a particularly difficult or complicated piece of music, um, the artist would send a video to the guitar magazine of them playing it so they could yeah. see that. That was kind of... But when, when Vi did Alien, um, Alien Love Secrets the videos he filmed would be something like he would send to the guitar magazine so they could figure out how he did that um, particular whammy bar move or whatever it would be like, you know? Yeah. And so they would learn from that. So a lot of the times these, these videos are, 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 your, are your in into learning someone's style. You go, oh, okay, so that's how he does that. That's how Dimebag does those particular screens. Yeah, yeah. That's how that happens. And that's wonderful. And, and, and these people are poisoning the well of this where they're like, you yeah. know, uh, and the videos that really piss me off are the ones that say um, the best way to sound as though you're good, the five licks to make yourself sound good on guitar. And it's like, that's just... Only the, five? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's uh, like, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying there. Um, there's, there's, there's tons of them going around. There's another one um, where, where they do these um, sound like this guitarist and then they've got like clips of yeah 10 different players maybe 20 there's yeah. a really cool one actually where he does like 100 different guitars i've players. seen that i like that that's okay i think that's fine that's i think he's he's, he's showing love for the for the source material yeah, yeah. with that I, I, I actually watched one this morning um no names but i watched it every single one was spot on yeah. uh, and i was looking at the vibe one thinking no you got that wrong sorry yeah. <laughs> but didn't post because i'm quite you know i'm not going to put yeah, someone yeah, yeah. down but i was like you haven't captured how vi phrases that Everything else is perfect. Here's, here's a big question, Craig. Here's a big question. And I've asked this before of a lot of guitar players. Is the guitar playing community toxic at the moment? Is it is it toxic? Is it is it's that fair? Very toxic. Um, I tend to stay out of it as much as I can. Yeah. Um, just because... I mean, you look at this. There's a video I did where it was like an ESP demonstration of the um, CTM... 1000 you know the lost yeah, yeah 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 um really positive reviews and this one guy come on and said um oh you've got to love this old school guitar shred playing and i was like what does that mean sorry <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah it, to the states but it was kind of like what you so so shreds now there's an old school way of playing shred now yeah like, yeah what is it I'm, is it because i'm not wrapping a cloth around the top of my neck <laughs> <laughs> you know, doing a tango with my fingers. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was kind of like it annoyed me. It really annoyed me. Yeah. Um, but there the are. Ones, 
Yeah. There are glimmers of hope. Like I'm always, I always try to lean on positivity with the show. And as much as I agree, and I do agree that, that, that there's toxicity in, within the community um, as a whole. We're part of a um, guitar group, if you will, page, if you will. I think it's it's a Liverpool guitar. Is it Liverpool? Is it central based? Yeah. yeah. And I would go as far to say that's a very positive group. Oh, I love it. And, you know, I was, uh, I, I was learning the story of life by Steve Vai yeah. um, two or three days ago. And there was this particular lick in it that I just couldn't get. Yeah. And I just thought it'd be really fun to kind of like show everyone mm. me cocking it up. Yeah. And saying, you know, have a go. What do you think? Have a go yourself, see how far you get. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it became like, you know, a conversation and everyone's like, oh, you know, well done. Sounds great anyway. Mm. It was all very positive. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, and there was none of that kind of. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna post this until I get it. Absolutely. Because here's here's the dirty secret of guitar playing. There is a large amount of players out there that think you or teaching you something or getting you to be a good player somehow affects them. Somehow yeah. affects that. There's will affect their standing, and it's like it is ridiculous. You are yeah, raised yeah. by by the waves around you. You know, uh, high tide raises all ships. It, I, I was my guitar teachers and the people that I learned to play off inspired me to be better. If I go and see yeah. a guitar player at first, I'm like, fucking hell, that guy's incredible, girl's incredible. Yeah. But then it inspires me to be better, and I don't see yeah. that me teaching someone else to play. If they suddenly become in inverted commas better than I am, I good luck to you it's not a it's not a race it's about personal yeah. improvement uh, on the instrument itself you know your personal yeah, goals and about, all it? that negativity mars that you know the yeah. players again no names there's players where i've kind of like i've got i've, I've seen them and i've gone that is amazing i'm going to sit down i'm going to learn some licks and i've done that studied yeah. them for a little bit and yeah. then you see them acting a dick on facebook with someone for no yeah. apparent reason and then yeah. i kind of I, I just me. I don't, I don't so at what point at what point does someone you being a teacher and i will put the links on 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 the, on the show as well so people can, can actually you know get in touch with you but at what point do people do you think people should get a teacher should they do it straight away so someone can show them how to tune a guitar or should they stumble around a little bit before they kind of realize what they want to do or at what point does a, a guitar teacher necessarily come into the picture when's the best well, time I'll probably shoot myself in the foot for this, but <laughs> I've always thought if you've got the drive enough, you don't need the teacher. Right. You know, I'll be completely honest about that. I'm not going to lie just to get yeah. students in and things. Yeah. If you've got a drive, you'll learn. Mm. A teacher will sit down and go through things with you, but if you go away and not do anything with that mm. or do the very bare minimum with that, then you are going to need a teacher. You're the type of person that needs a teacher. If you mm. can get one lesson maybe, go away, practice that, then I think you're the type of person that's really driven to do enough on your own. You mm. know, I, I didn't take a lesson. Maybe the odds, you know, sit down, show me how to play this song kind of thing, you know, like a mm. more of a casual thing. Mm. That's what I like to do. Yeah. Uh, I think it's but, interesting, like, when you le- when we go back to, like, Satriani, um, when he taught Kirk Hammett, uh, Kirk was saying that, you know, often he would be like, learn all the notes on the guitar, yeah. on the fretboard first, and then come back. And, and he'd come back and go, I goes, have you learned all the notes? And he'd be like, no. And he goes, well, I'm not going to do any more lessons. You know, it, there's, yeah. there's an element of needing someone to be quite almost, for want of a better word, whiplash about you, you know, to kind of teach you yeah, to play. Yeah, yeah. 
The sad you know. thing now is you couldn't make those kind of threats because you know they just go around the corner and there's another tango to our teachers all waiting, yeah. you yeah. know, their hands together. But we should, we, should see, we should see this now. Uh, to, uh, to always try, like I say, to lean to the positive side of it. Now, we can, you can, you can get a guitar lesson with your guitar hero of choice. You can go online and, you know, uh, a lot of guitar players are doing it where you get like 20, 30 minutes with them and learn some of their techniques. That's got to be a fabulous thing, right? If you could have learned from Vi when you were learning for the love of God and say, you know, I just want to learn that um, the, the, the talking part at the end of, of that. How did you do that? To actually yeah. speak to the person, that, that's, a, that's a great thing, right, to be able to oh, do that now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's one thing that technologies gave us. It has, yeah. There's a lot, a lot of opportunity for that. Um, mm. But again, you just learn there. You, you've got to want mm. to just learn their way of doing things. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd say maybe just go through a different, a few different guitar teachers to start. I, with I would say that, yeah, yeah. It's definitely worth going around and seeing some of yeah. the, let, shall we say, disciplines out there. You know, certain people yeah. teaching certain and things. Pupils, and they're all learning different things, and they're all mm. at different stages. I've got one guy who's. He's learning how to shred. You know, I say we're going through like um, always with me, always with you, mm. um, teaching him some Paul Gilbert runs and stuff like that. Just trying to and mm. trying mm. to develop his yeah his, to the modes, you know, and how to use them and apply them. I've mm. also got Zua just kind of like you know learning Kiss songs and yeah, um, all stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it must be it must be nice to see you must see a couple you must be actually present for a couple of those breakthrough moments like neil uh, talks about it quite a lot when he teaches guitar and he can see people's the light bulb going on like you must see that when you when you know some kid comes in and goes i want to learn love gun by kiss you know and you yeah. showed them and then they nail it you must see those yeah, moments yeah. that must be incredibly rewarding uh, well it is it's really good i mean it's satisfying as well to see someone like that i think mm. the better even better than seeing someone get something is when you see someone relate to something. Like, mm. he was this teenage kid that I'm teaching bass to. Uh, he brings his guitar every now and then. And he's he's very quiet, very quiet. Yeah. Look, if he gets two words out during the whole lesson. Yeah. But one time when we were doing something on the modes, I remember quite what it was now. He just, he just had this big smile on his face. Yeah. Like something, yeah right there yeah um and that that's the most gratifying very, thing yeah teaching, very rewarding. Really, getting yeah. that getting that response from them you know yeah yeah and there's so many as i say there's so many different levels from mm. my peoples you're looking at getting something all the time if you're doing it right you know mm. yeah uh, yeah and the lovely people as well you know you get you get to know them and you get mm. a chat before and after lesson and stuff like that yeah uh, and that's the kind so, of community you want yeah, if if I if I was a player myself, and if I considered myself kind of you know pretty pretty competent, when should someone con- consider becoming a guitar teacher? Is it something that you you know what 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 do I need? If someone listens to this now and they go, you know what, this lockdown's in place now, we can't leave our house for whatever it may be. I think I'm going to teach guitar. What qualities did he need? Is it a, just a patience thing? What qualities do, do yeah. and why should you maybe even decide to do it in the first place? I mean, it's patience, yeah. Um, obviously, it's accessible to pretty much everyone now. Mm. Um, so anyone can just jump on and do a Skype lesson. There's no mm. vetting to say whether you are of a high standard. Yeah, there's no accreditation, is there? Yeah. Um, I think with me, 
I was kind of like I was doing it just you know off the off the cuff and mm. no one really says oh well what have you done what qualifications have you got mm. um but if that were to come up you know you've got BA in classical music um PGC in secondary education but that doesn't come up it's more can isn't you that do interesting it? isn't that isn't that interesting that if you were if you were getting a plumber to come to your house you you'd probably look up his accreditations in whatever they are for a plumber you know if you're looking yeah. for someone who was you know who as an electrician or something you'd be like okay uh, you need to have this certificate you'd, you'd make sure you had that wouldn't you if someone was fitting a gas boiler you'd be like are you yeah. a gas boiler fitter if <laughs> you know what I mean? so it's strange it's isn't it that it's not it's not checked at all there's not a, a i'm sure there is i'm sure it'll be corrected on here by some people but i'm sure there's a there is there must be a body for guitar teachers there must be something out there that you could join i'm not it's it, yeah. there must be yeah or as i say they don't vet in terms of someone jumping on Skype and advertising yeah. them on Facebook, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I think, you know, I think I currently got 10 lessons. I've been doing this for two years. Yeah. You know, who's mm. going to question that? You yeah. know, you can put yeah. some kind of, you know, testimonials from students and stuff like that. I, I think, I think you're hundred percent right when you are saying it's best to kind of try a couple of, of, of guitar teachers out there. So yeah. if someone was listening now, we will get guitar players who are starting out listening now. And they're yeah. looking for a guitar teacher. Uh, are you? Would you recommend? How long would you recommend lessons to be? Half an hour, an hour, and how much yeah. should so should roughly should someone be looking to pay for your average lesson? What do you think is is kind of some of the sort of not exact figures, but sort of what what would they be looking at? So I'd say at half an hour. Mm. Half an hour, definitely. If if you know you, um, if you're not a, t- a really advanced player. Yeah, because you're not going to take much more in than half an hour. Right, you just get exactly what you need to do, and then go away for a week, and then learn mm-hmm. the best that you need to learn. Obviously, yeah. as you get more technical, you're going to need an hour mm-hmm. um, to go through theory side of things, the, the technical aspects yeah. of it, practically. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of cost, I'm always of the mind that we should kind of if you stick to half an hour lessons, bring the cost down a little bit, fit more lessons okay. in. Yeah, you know, you yeah. charge £15 for half an hour and then say, I'm a professional guitar player, £15, half an hour lesson. Mm. But then if someone's doing a Skype lesson for a tenner for half an hour or even for an hour, 40 minutes, mm. you know, you're not doing yourself any good. Mm. Just by, you know, you're trying to say, I'm the best. This is why I'm charging this month. Yeah. There should always be a bit of push and pull on that compromise. Because yeah. we're going to be, we're going to be overloaded with this. If, if not already we're going to be overloaded with people doing this aren't we because the, the like a large amount of the guitar players out there who normally gain money from playing cover shows or uh kind of you know or the average sort of pub gigs and stuff and that would generate their income that has gone now for certainly the, the foreseeable future we are going to yeah. be inundated with people uh, guitar teaching in, in inverted commas you know we're yeah. going to be inundated with it well, i've seen that already suddenly yeah. everyone Teach, and I'm not knocking people at all. You know, don't yeah. get me wrong. It's great if you want to do it. But yeah. suddenly, because of this, there's so many kind of, you know, I'm a mm. Skype teacher. You know, mm. I've got the and one of the funny hook lines they come out with is slots just become available. <laughs> well, like just then, yeah, 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 yeah. Get, get it while fast. it's still hot. Yeah, kind of thing. <laughs> that always makes me laugh. That one because normally everyone does the same thing, and that's how you you can. You can kind of point out a chance that you know what I mean. Say so, yeah, I'm not yeah. them, they probably can't play, you know. They probably so, play, but yeah. So 
uh, I always like to talk about local music. I always talk about local local bands and bands based quite close by, so people can actually see some of the, the bands that I talk about. We have, I would say, a really thriving clutch of guitar players out there that are based in the northwest that are absolutely yeah. fabulous we have we have a, a quite a few of them out there. is that fair do you think it's a fair thing to say absolutely and this was kind of veiled to me before um you know the whole facebook thing and youtube thing and i'll say to you now yeah i would only ever i think i've been on facebook five years how long's facebook been on god it's probably 10 I years isn't it Smart, like yeah, i don't yeah. have no idea for five years yeah. Uh, so I missed a hell of a lot with yeah. these things. And um, so I was really, really in the dark and veiled about it all. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know what was going on. I wasn't mm. YouTube. I wasn't on MySpace. I wasn't on Twitter. Yeah. I was socially <laughs> inept yeah. in terms of social media. Sure. Um, so, it was, yeah, it was a bit of a revelation when I got on Facebook for the first time. And there's all I these... realised that there's, there's some fabulous players out there. So, for those that maybe are going, okay, well, who should I be listening to at the moment that I haven't heard of before? And who should I be kind of, you know, who's in my local scene that I could maybe even see live? Or, more importantly, in my local scene that I can go on their streams and watch them play and, and kind of see what's going on. Who would you you'd just say out there? We've mentioned Jack Gardner, I think, fabulous player. He's got a YouTube channel um, and does some wonderful stuff there. He's, he's quite regularly on tour, but he's a great player. Who else would, would we talking about that we kind of would really, yeah, you know, give uh, props to at the moment? Yeah, well, Jack Gardner's amazing. Um, great player. There's a few guys in the group that have, uh, I've, I've been watching lately, mm. uh, Paul. Paul Pablo Jones, as he's called on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Liam Ako, Daniel Sala, Neil Miller. Yeah, Daniel Sala's uh, particularly some, doing some great stuff, like, yeah. You know, there's, uh, there's, there's a wealth of, of music just in, in that little group alone. Mm. Uh, and technical ability, it's just absolutely insane. Yeah. And they're all, these people are on our doorstep. You know, these people uh, play shows close by. You can actually go and... I know all these people we talk about. I know when you would go up to them and go, you know, how how do you do this? How do you do that type of thing? And certainly amongst our community, the Liverpool guitar community, it's absolutely you know fabulous. I love reading those posts, and I get a lot from them. Yeah. I don't post a lot on there because I don't consider myself anywhere near to the same league as these people. But it's still yeah, very yeah. encouraging. So, it's, so it's, that's a stage where there's a bit of banter now as well, which I like in a, in a really good way as well, like yeah. all positive, like as it should be, as it should be. So here's the thing. We talked about this a, a while back, and I always enjoy putting stuff out there to kind of see what the, the reaction is. With such a, a good clutch of these players, we've talked about, and I've talked about it with Neil and a few other people, we've talked about finding a way of showcasing these talents in some kind of way, haven't we? Um, about doing some yeah. kind of way where these people can play in a live context. And, and and people can come and see them and it's kind of a, it's it's kind of a whole show you know be it like a, a a g3 if you will if you will for one of a better term oh well it'll be about a g20 uh yeah. when i finished but um it was one of the things i posted in um in the group yeah before again before all this uh covid19 business happens yeah, and yeah. It was about getting, um some interest as to you know who'd want to participate mm. in this yeah, quite a few people put their hands up and said, yeah, I'll do it. And then yeah. um, a guy, Ethan, mentioned yeah. about um, letting us use the camp and furnace for it. Yes, yes, yeah. 
um, which would have been ideal. But as I say, you know, that's all on hold now, but it's not forgotten. It's something yeah. that I've been wanting to do from, you know, from the very first time I met you, actually, a couple of years back. Yeah, and so it's a case of, like, kind of, we've got to still stay with that. I think there's definitely something there worth doing. I think why we're in lockdown mm. is a good time to to plot and scheme that and i'll so i'll put it onto the world there as a, as a outside of the group and kind of a bit more open would someone enjoy seeing and it is it is exactly going to be that would someone enjoy seeing a night of indulgent guitar music played by you know the local talent of what what is there and what does that look like how do we frame that what does it you know how do we how do we do that would that be an interest the people i talk to so far have always been kind of yes it would it's just it's a tightrope between becoming just you know, a complete sort of noise fest, if you will. Um, yeah. But I think handled well, I think it could be a real platform. Yeah, of course. I mean, and, and that's, that's what I want to strive for in the end, mm. is getting that up and running, you know, to the point yeah. where it could even be a regular thing every couple of months or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Maybe even just, you know, you've got a spare guitar, get someone up from the crowd, you know, whatever. Yeah. get them participating so it's not just about the guys on stage as well because the whole idea of this is to be more social as musicians as guitar players mm. um and you know as i say getting it up and running probably will be difficult but it's doable it's not it's, i think so know. i think so so what's uh, what's the next thing for for craig at the moment then what uh, are you kind of going back to the woodshed what are you focusing on now because you've well, got a whole load of downtime yeah well, yeah, back to work tomorrow, unfortunately. Oh, but um, okay. I have played more guitar in the past two weeks than I've played in about two years. <laughs> sure. I think a lot um, of people have kind of hit the woodshed a bit like, yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been up and down, up to my guitar, down to my PlayStation, back up. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's been an absolute nightmare. But I, I've played a lot. I've just uh, say, I've been learning some stuff from the story of light from mm. Steve Vai, mm. uh, revisiting some old ones, putting out a couple of, little fusion clips and stuff um sure do you have uh, a youtube channel itself i think I, i'm pretty sure yeah. i've seen do you have with, one do you focus on it much with that it's it's not very well done i've you know i have i've mm. not got equipment i've not got great recording cameras my computer's not even picking up my signal from me my audio interface and hasn't okay. been it's all to do with money i think really. yeah I'll, I'll tell you what that yeah i'll put this out there for a start i know a lot of people that listen to the show and certainly people follow the show, there'll be someone out there that it will, will be able to endorse Craig um, and help Craig out with these things. Like Craig's a great player. I said this at the tail at the, at the beginning of the show and I'll say it at the tail is, you know, let's, let's, let's work something out there for, for Craig. Surely someone can get in touch and go, listen, we'll sort you out with something that you can record. On. Because you should have a great YouTube channel and you should be putting content on that. And you shouldn't. I, I shouldn't have to go to work doing that. You should have to go work doing guitar playing. And oh, so, if someone is out there listening and saying, "Listen, out, we'll we'll set you up with some stuff as long as you do some videos for us." I'm sure that's doable. I'm sure it's doable. Um, you know what I mean? You well, need yeah, to play. It's, it's all about quality, isn't it? You know. Yes. You know, you don't get the clicks if you don't have the quality. So I kind of abandoned that a while back. Yeah. Uh, I had over 100 videos, deleted about 60 of them, I think, uh, yeah. just because it was absolute rubbish. But yeah. the odd little gem on there, say, like, um, mm. do a cover of uh, Weeping Weep in China oh. Dollars, yeah, a good example of that. Like, yeah. well, it's fabulous, it's fabulous. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of the, it's the only seven string one on okay. the whole tube still. Right, the audio right. and video quality, the video is absolutely 
dog crap, but the yeah. audio is decent enough. I've had yeah. nearly a thousand clicks on that. You know. So here's here's the reason I say we you need to lean into that. You've had over a thousand clicks from that. One of the people watching that video will have had the same effect watching that as you did when you saw Slash playing that <laughs> song. You, I'm oh. telling you now, you will have someone who go, there's a guy on YouTube watching play Weeping China Doll. It's fucking amazing. You will have that effect. You might not realize that, but that's a thousand people. If it's just one, if I said to Slash now, there's one guy that you turned on to from that video there, you know as well as I do, he would think that that was the coolest thing in the world. Just one person. And that's what you need You need to lean into. Um, we're not going to let everybody that's in the guitar playing group and everybody listens to this, we're not going to let Craig off with this. He must find a way to record better. He's got to do it. And he's got to put it up there because you are changing people's kind of perceptions and you will be inspiring people. You might not think you are. You are inspiring people. Like, and certainly out of those thousand people, there'll be one person who'll go, you know what, I'm going to pick up the guitar after seeing that or I can do better. That's that's worthwhile. That's yeah. worthwhile. Oh, thank you. Appreciate right. that. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the fantastic Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Made, we went up about an hour and a half. We did a little bit of guitar playing. We covered a whole bunch of stuff. That was pretty good, yeah? Yeah, enjoyed it, enjoyed it. Th nice thanks, for being on the, thanks for being on the show, Craig. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, thanks very much. So speaking to Craig then, I thought that was uh, you know, really interesting kind of things that, and, and, and sides of things I hadn't initially thought about, you know, uh, kind of like viewpoints I didn't think about. And that's what's so great about when you talk with people and, and the idea is that they will listen to you, you will listen to them and you will get a better understanding of, of things. I don't purport to know and everything about what I'm what I'm talking about, I think I can speak with some relevancy and with some weight on on metal. But every so often, someone will put forward some some bits and pieces, and I'll I'll, I'll question why why I think that and what I think about. And also, it will bring up other artists I should check out or uh, different perspectives about kind of how people ingest music and how they kind of listen to music. And I, I got a lot of that from, from 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 Craig. And then I think you know the whole thing about the YouTube thing was I think was fascinating. I think probably getting Jack Gardner on is going to be great. He did a really great piece about this, so I'm probably going to put this whole podcast on um, a, a group, a Facebook group that we have for Liverpool guitar players, and see if we can kind of coax these some of these people onto the, onto the show. I think it'd be really interesting. And I think it was really interesting what we talked about about having the show. There's some kind of you know kind of guitar sort of G three kind of experience type of thing i think that's definitely something that we can do and it was nice to see kind of after this um uh, talking to craig he, he kind of he's, he's, he's run with the ball and he's, and he's clearly doing more social media wise and i would uh, strongly urge to check out his videos some of the stuff that he's playing is, is absolutely fabulous and you know i wasn't joking when i said you know that we can if there's are endorsees uh, or endorsers out there who want to endorse craig i think that that would be doing really uh, really great so we could see more better quality stuff from him as well i think he i think that he would really benefit from that so i hope you enjoyed it and you know the, the next couple will be will be some really interesting chats certainly i've finished up with the luke daily one and that's that's looking like one of the best chats i've ever had with anybody i think that was fantastic so that's coming up soon as well. So keep your eye on the schedule and kind of see what goes on. I hope you're enjoying it. If you are, you know, I, as I always say, try and suggest this to other people. Um, you know, I'm not saying like, oh, always give us that five-star iTunes review because I'd never get five stars for a kickoff. But, you know, it, these things just raise its profile. I just want more people to hear this. Uh, it's not about kind of I want more people to, to hear this so I can start earning money from it. would be nice, I guess. But 
I just want more people to hear this and experience this. And if they like it, great. You know, some people have told me they listen on the way to work or while they're at home bored, and it makes them laugh or it keeps them interested. And that's that's a real that's that's a really cool thing to happen. So if you do like this podcast, suggest it to other people. You know, as always, comment the doors always open. Comment as well. Who else should I be talking to? Who haven't I talked about? What issues haven't I talked about? There's probably quite a lot. And you know, keep. You know, keep throwing those questions at me. Do a do a live Q and A. I don't think so. You know, I think a lot of people are doing that. And I tried a quick Q and A on Instagram thing, and it didn't really kind of. No one really kind of wants to know, and that's cool because that's it's maybe not what this this is. But I'm thinking about it. We'll see what happens. As as and always, open to suggestions from anyone. Until then, uh, the next show. Um, I will eventually, at some point, I will see you at the show. Thank you.